everybody, welcome back. This week on the podcast, I have Alex Yu. Alex, I met a couple of years ago at a marketing mastery conference that I spoke at, and he is amazing. Alex leads a successful team of real estate agents in Orange County, California, one of the most booming, bustling real estate markets in the country. And we talk a little bit in this episode about the content strategy that he uses with video and podcasts and other things that really connects with the community that he lives in. He makes a point of doing good in the community and in the world with his content. So we go over a lot of the stuff that he's doing and some ideas for real estate agents and how they can use long form content like a podcast to their advantage, how they can stick out from the rest of the crowd and get noticed in a good way. And you know that I've talked before about how real estate agents and doctors and lawyers and anyone who really relies on building trust in the community can use a podcast to create that connection and that trust before they ever meet anybody. And if you didn't hear last week, I'm actually looking forward to meeting with more uh, realtors, real estate agents, mortgage professionals, because I will have a booth at the Florida Realtors Conference in late August. So if you happen to be in Florida, and you happen to be a real estate agent, please take a moment to come by my booth and say hello. I would love to talk with you, love to see how I might be able to help you build more trust and connection with your community through a podcast. So without further ado, here's Alex. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. I'm really happy that you're here. We met uh, a little over two years ago now at a conference that I did um, with Mike Kim and a bunch of other people where we were talking about how, I forget what it is, like how personal brands, how small businesses can um, market their business and, and improve that marketing and make it more uh, personal brand focused, all that sort of good stuff. And you're now actually involved uh, with Mike and his You're the Brand certification program, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excited to be here. Cool. So you are a real estate agent in Orange County, California, but I want to hear a little bit more about how you got to this point, how that journey started. Um, did you always want to be a real estate agent? All those sorts of things. And, and just share a little bit about your story up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was a kid, I was never... Uh, I don't think anyone's like, hey, I want to be a real estate agent. I don't <laughs> think that's actually something that comes up. I mean, I thought I wanted to be an astronaut, but I was afraid of heights. So that wasn't going to work. And um, you know, going to college, I went to school for business because I actually really enjoyed business school and learning all those things. I went to a local university uh, here in Orange, California, uh, Chapman University, little private school. And the thing is that I did take a lot of classes for like marketing and advertising. The real problem there though is this. Um, school was about $25,000 a year. And all the advertising jobs when I graduated were paying like $30,000 a year. So I was <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> this is not going to go well. How am I going to make this? Plus, they're very difficult to get. They, you had to work whatever hours they needed and it was not really what the goal was. So at the time, I actually went into mortgage because in Orange County, there is a time before the crisis, uh, this is in 2007, where you could literally take a stone and hit five mortgage companies from anywhere you were standing. It was like the Mecca mm -hmm. of mortgage companies. Obviously, a lot of them didn't you know, do right by their businesses, but that's how everyone was making money. Mm 
So I knew I wanted to create an income. I went into a business and uh, it was a very large subprime mortgage company. I stayed there for about six months until I wised up on you know how they were kind of fleecing customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, when you're you know young, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you have no idea. You're just trying to provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. And from that time, I had the ability to go ahead and work for a more reputable mortgage company. They actually helped a lot of homeowners make good decisions. And I really, it resonated with me. And from that time, I went and I stayed in mortgage. I helped build a mortgage company that focused on Hawaii. And then like everybody else, that market dropped out. And then then I found myself trying to figure out what the next step looked like. And for me, um, I'd always enjoyed real estate. And from a background working for a corporate company, JP Morgan Chase, and running their bank-owned property division um, as an affiliate or um, you know aligned in that field, I basically went into real estate full-time. Not because I just want to do real estate, but because I saw what kind of an impact it can make mm-hmm. um, in people's lives. And from there, you know, I stayed in real estate, even though there's probably a lot of other, maybe easier ways to make money because um, I'm empowering the team, I'm empowering the community, and it's something that I, I've truly enjoyed. Yeah, and so when you made that leap and you jumped into real estate from... I mean, you were in real estate as a mortgage uh, person, but when you made that jump, you you entered this world where you kind of had to be your own business, right? You had to be a personal brand, and and that term comes up a lot. Uh, I talk about it a lot because yeah. I mean, you and I both met through working with Mike, uh, Mike Kim, and that's something that he works with people a lot on building. What did you find out when you made that leap about how to build that brand and how did you start and and where are you at now in terms of um, creating that brand around yourself and your team? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And in the beginning, I had no idea really what a brand was. And what (laughs) I did was I did what I think a lot of agents do is that they try to pretend to be someone else. They, They really take the fake it till you make it to higher level. I mean, I put on my business cards, things like luxury specialist, top producer. That's what you see all the time. And now when I see those terms, I actually cringe. Like I really cringe deep down inside. Um, I even put like, instead of, even though everybody calls me Alex, the only person that calls me Alexander is my mom when I'm in trouble. Um, But realistically, I put Alexander on my business card because I'm like, hey, it's a strong name. And uh, I was told by my elementary school teacher, Alexander is a really good name. It's a nice, strong Mm -hmm. name. So I went ahead and did that. But I realized that I wanted to try to create a brand based on a false sense of who I was or who I wanted to be. And you can't always do that. Um, so I even had on on my business card, like making the right moves with you. Like, like that was super clever. And then I looked it up and I Googled it and like 50 other agents, you know, <laughs> in my local area use the same exact tagline. Yeah. So it caused a little bit of brain damage is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you also have a very, uh, a, a focus on working with the community and helping the community. Where does that focus come from for you and your brand? Yeah. So what happened is that in the beginning, remember, I'm trying to be someone I'm completely not. I'm using words that I don't really, I could barely spell, much less understand. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I had a lot of free time because I had no clients at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was pulled into different causes as a child um, growing up in Boy Scouts and what have you. So 
I went ahead and spent a lot of my time volunteering Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other kids' organizations, you know, things for shelter pets. And that's what I spent my time doing. And miraculously, what happened is that as I spent more time volunteering and helping these causes that mattered to me that I wanted to help anyways, that's mm-hmm. actually where the business came from. And yeah. So what I realized is that the more I did with respect to those organizations, the more business I created. And so realistically, I did go ahead and dial in my community. I love food. I love hearing, you know, inspiring stories of other entrepreneurs um, in Orange County. And so I went ahead and really dialed into that. And, uh, you know, we've since then we've done video, we've done like a lot of interviews with business owners and they love being featured and we absolutely love featuring them. Well, and and I love hearing that. I love hearing that authentic connection to the community. Um, you know, I talk about with podcasting a lot that authenticity and that connection that you build between the people that are listening to you is really important. And so th- that can help businesses. Right. And and I have to laugh because, you know, I think back uh, to my previous career as a musician. You know, I have a, a master's degree in conducting and I... I you know, got this master's degree and I thought I was going to be a professor and and go into scholarly work and things like that. And so for the longest time on my business cards, on everything I did, I listed my name as Daniel W. Osmond because like that was, that's my given name. I thought stronger, put that middle initial in there. And no one had ever called me that. My mother didn't even call me that except like when she was mad. And I finally (laughs) realized, I think just, just like you did, um, and even working with Mike helped me feel even more comfortable with this was that I'm Danny. I've always been Danny. You're Alex. You've always been Alex. And that's, right. that's who people want to know. That's our personalities. Um, and I think it's wonderful that you did that. Now, one thing I think you do really well is create content. Um, you do a lot of video content. You have a, a repurposing structure where your video content ends up as a podcast, um, you're, you're building a YouTube channel. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to, to go that route and the, how you decided to create the type of content that you're creating and, and what are some of the effects it's had on your business? So what I have is that it was kind of born out of necessity Um, because I realized that I wasn't communicating and sharing the stories of the people I really want to know about. Like, I don't need to be the one that's famous. Um, It's not important to me. I think that for some people, their goal in their business is to reach celebrity status. But for me, I really wanted to hear the story behind the business and the story behind the story. So for me, it was actually going to like local business owners and we would eat at their restaurant. And then then I'd be like, you know what? I want to go ahead and talk to them about their business. But what if I was able to share their business and people were able to learn the people behind the food as an example? And what that did is it automatically connected me, not only to the business owner, but to the community. And it wasn't really part of the plan. It was just, let me record this video. I'll put it out and see what happens. And it the videos have done really well organically. And automatically, when we did that, we put a little bit of money behind it to kind of drive traffic. And the strategy really is set up in a, a more um, effective way. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you a funny thing that happened is that we're promoting this local taqueria. It's called Descanso. And fantastic food, fantastic drinks. 
And then we were just basically, we pushed it out. And once one night, it was like 1030 at night. And someone just calls me and, you know, obviously this could be a buyer, it could be a seller. So I pick up my phone like I always do. And they're like, and they were clearly drunk. They were like, hey, <laughs> where is the taco place? And at first I'm like, who is this? And is this some sort of joke? Then I was like, oh, the video is running. Um, it's on Harbor and Adams and they're open to 12 o'clock. And he's like, awesome. I really appreciate it. So when that happened, it really allowed me to realize how connected to the community you can be. Yeah. And the more connected you are, the more opportunities you are to be in front of people. Mm -hmm. And that's really what this is. The more time in front of people, um, giving them what they want, that's really what my goal is. And then ultimately, if I get people what they want, ultimately, I always get what I want too, which is building a business. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, tell us a little bit about how you got started with this. Like... Your your videos that I've seen and in, in your audio quality. I mean, you're we're we're zooming right now to record this, but you've got the ATR twenty one hundred microphone that I always recommend, and it sounds great. Tell us how you got started, and and maybe any hurdles that you ran into along the way, um, technically or with equipment or anything like that, and how you got through that. That is a super great question, and in the beginning, it was absolutely brain damage. Because mm -hmm. I think like a lot of people, and I, you could probably, you know, give me more clarity on this, but when you're starting a podcast, when you're starting like a video, like a setup, you, all you spend time doing is trying to figure out what is the best equipment you can buy. Mm. But the equipment's important, but really understanding what the why is behind it is actually more valuable. But yeah. having a baseline and just being given a list of the things that are important. Um, and for me, like getting the ATR 2100 was because I was like, oh, this is the one that Mike Kim recommends. This one that Danny recommends. This is what I'll just get. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, you can get lost in a world of all this technology that you're probably not even going to be able to use because you actually have mm -hmm. no idea how to use it. Um, recording video, um, I just looked at different cameras and I said, all right, which is the one that, that makes sense? This one looks cool. I'll just buy it. And then I had no idea how to use it. So then I had to hire someone to show me how to use it. Then I realized I just need to hire someone to do it. Because the truth is that if I spent all my time trying to figure out how to use it and dial that in, I will actually get nowhere. So it's good to have someone on your side that has walked the path that you plan to walk because otherwise you'll be walking, you know, aimlessly through the desert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you, when you shoot those videos, you've got someone with you who's, who's doing that work for you and editing. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So in the beginning, um, when it comes to like my local, um, like small little spotlight videos on restaurants, in the beginning, I just shot it on my phone. I didn't mm -hmm. like the quality. I didn't mm -hmm. like um, how it kind of came across. I didn't really know how to edit really well. Um, that is not my strength and the best use of my time. Um, so eventually, I hired a videographer. But when I record like little videos, um, just about like quick tips on the market, or I do like a little thing every Monday, which is Mind Right Monday to get us set in the right mindset. Um, that's just recorded on my phone with like, uh, you know, lapel mic. Um, okay. But I do have a videographer that comes and does edits, you know, for us um, mm -hmm. when it comes to recording in the community. Yeah, I mean, and don't feel bad about that. Like I have, at this point, after 12 or 15 years of doing this and editing all this audio and mixing songs and and doing podcasts and all that stuff 
I still have trouble editing video <laughs> and working on video. So it's, you know, even, even in a world like mine, where you'd think that I would get that, it's, it's a totally different animal and it, and it can, and it behaves differently. And you have to think differently. So, um, so you, you mentioned a couple of things that you're doing in terms of content right there. Maybe can you give us a rundown of some of the things that you're creating and then also how you think about creating content and how you come up with the ideas that you think will uh, be the most effective for your audience or have the create the most leads or, or whatever? What are your, What is your thought process when you're creating content? Yeah, absolutely. So there's basically top of funnel. And for me, that really is getting in the community, featuring local restaurants and charities that are important to us. So that's top of funnel. We run video ads there. But when we're thinking about it, what is the story and what are things that people really want to know about? That's what we really ultimately want to think about. So I'm thinking about how I'm going to create the story, how I'm going to tell the story, and what are the things that people really want to see. When it comes to food, they really want to see the food and they want to experience it. Um, so that's what it comes down to when it comes to those things. But beyond that, um, when it comes to putting together um, the content, the, the reality is that we go ahead and we run video ads. And mm -hmm. once we do that, we go ahead and we tighten up the funnel by knowing if they're going to watch a quarter of the video or half the video. From there, we're going to go ahead and get a more interested person than otherwise. And eventually the goal and what we do is we have new listings in the areas. Mm -hmm. So we do run an ad on homes of interest and then okay. they click on the lead ad. And then it basically pulls them in. Since they already have familiarity with the brand, they've seen that a focal local restaurants, mm -hmm. they're more likely to click and enter their information in there, which drives our, our average cost per lead down. So awesome. that's kind of how that comes together. Okay. And it, it all comes down to they trust you when they see that you're you're just giving value. It's not about a sale right at the at the beginning. It's, it's I can imagine it's very effective. Um, yeah. One thing you share there, and I'm and I'm interested. You talked about calculating, you know, how much of a video people are going to watch. Have you have you looked at your analytics? Do you have an idea of of what to expect? Like how many minutes or how what percentage of a video most people are going to watch? That that's something I like. I know with a podcast what people are doing, but what are you seeing in terms of your videos? How much are people watching? So on most of the videos, they actually watch at least half of them. Awesome. And, and it's pretty good because what happens is that if I see that someone was interested in one of the food videos, then I'm going to specifically retarget that list of individuals mm -hmm. to, with another food video. Okay. And if they kind of clicked on the charity video, I'm going to run it for everybody, but I'm also going to put them on a separate list mm -hmm. to make sure that you know other charity videos kind of show up in the link. Because yep. that allows them to go ahead and consume more of the content that they already like. I mean, um, the way that I kind of look at, you know, the media part of things is that if I was, I remember growing up as a kid, there's, there's certain channels that you have. And when it comes to building a brand, you know, my framework is basically like what we just call the, the network framework. What are the things that people like to see all the time? Mm -hmm. um, and these are the people that you kind of, you know, bring together. And even when we're talking about organic social media, for me, it really, a lot of my friends are foodies. They like eating at restaurants. Um, so I, you'll see a lot of food on my feed. Um, people like, I've gone to a lot of comedy shows with people and they, okay. they kind of like that. So I try to make sure that it's funny and witty. 
Yeah. Um, so that's another one. And then also, you know, the positive things that we have, like Mind Right Monday and the things that, you know, I a personal story about what's important to me. And then last one is going to be real estate because okay. um, just like watching Friends, people watch all of Friends because they want to get to the commercial, not because they want to get to the commercial rather, but because they want to watch the show and then the commercials are part of it. And that really yeah. is the real estate part of the sandwich, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Now I know like we've shared what you do and I know I have, I know I have real estate professionals listening to this podcast. Sure. So what do you see in, in this industry? And, and I know it's been crazy like this last year. <laughs> I, I get the emails every day where like we refinanced eight months ago and I've already got other lenders saying, Hey, do you want to refinance again? And things right. like that. Um, what are what are some other things that you see real estate professionals doing in terms of personal brand building, in terms of marketing um, right now, in terms of content that you see working? Um, you know, you can skip the the bus benches and the billboards. Like what what's really working for the the real estate professionals out there right now? Yeah, what doesn't work is the bus benches and the billboards. Um, <laughs> That's some of my favorite scenes from Modern Family, by the way, is, is Phil <laughs> talking yeah. about the bus benches and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and if there's a show, a uh, movie you ever want to watch about a real estate professional, I Love You Man's a really good one. It's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Um, so realistically, what I would say is working is finding a authentic way to connect to your audience. And I think at the heart of every business and every personal brand, that's really what it is. But a lot of them only there's there's really two things. One is basically character mm -hmm. and then competence. Those are two real things that you need to demonstrate. And what most agents want to focus on is only competence. I sold this house in three days. I sold this yeah. for X over asking. Um, our list to sell ratio is this. The data looks really good, but if they don't know who you are, you don't actually engender trust. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them really only focus on that. The postcards just say, you know, just sold, just listed. And even if you're on Facebook with some other real estate professionals, that's all they post. There's a better way to do it that actually allows you to connect at a deeper level. Um, and the agents that do really well, the ones that are based on a, not a transactional business, but a relationship business, yeah. those are the ones that really dial into those two items. Character and competence. That is gold. That is gold. And, and it makes sense. I, the, one of the best real estate agents we ever worked with, I still follow her on Instagram. And her stories are always either her at some event volunteering, doing something to help, or she loves hip hop dancing and she takes hip hop dancing. Awesome. So it's her doing routines. And if you, you follow some of the videos that Britney Spears has been doing recently, it's that kind of thing where it's just her doing hip hop routines. And you're like, this is crazy, <laughs> but I would totally hire this person because it's a real person. Um, I, yeah. I, this, is, this has been great. I've really loved talking to you. I know you are busy because I know <laughs> the real estate market right now is crazy. Um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing and and reach out to you or or learn where they should eat in Orange County when they're there visiting, what's the best way to find you? So the best way is to just uh, find me on Facebook. And uh, what it is is facebook.com forward slash alexuteam.com or alexuteam. So it's yeah. just A-L-E-X-Y-U and then team. So that's the best way to connect with me. Um, also on Instagram at Costa Mesa agent. And that's where I actually live. Awesome. Awesome. Do you do any hip hop dancing on your Instagram? I don't. Um, no. <laughs> I'm a terrible dancer. And uh, you know, you wouldn't want to eat the food that I cooked. 
But yeah. realistically, I know where a lot of really great restaurants are and uh, where to hang out. And I've really enjoyed living here my entire life. Awesome. Facebook.com slash Alex Hugh team and Instagram Costa Mesa agent. Alex, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking time. Absolutely.